This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to a Truly Criminal podcast exclusive. This episode contains themes that some listeners may find distressing. Listener discretion is advised. It was August 2nd, 2010, and the weather in Tecumseh, Oklahoma, was gloriously sunny and cool. Gary and Linda Haas, two childhood sweethearts who had been absolutely devoted to each other their entire lives, were giddily setting off on their annual road trip vacation. The holiday was a tradition the 61-year-olds had kept up for the last 11 years. That summer, the pair were especially excited to visit Pagosa Springs, Colorado again, to celebrate the third-year anniversary of their retirement from General Motors, where the couple had worked for over 30 loyal years. Accompanying Gary and Linda on the road trip were the couple's three energetic and rambunctious dogs, Roxy, Prissy and Bear. However, as the couple packed their bags and loaded their belongings into their truck and trailer, they had no idea that within a matter of days, they would cross paths with a ruthless trio of escaped convicts who were determined to stay free by any means necessary including murder. The tragic story of Gary and Linda Haas began in the charming and relaxed southwest city, Missouri, where the pair met at McDonald High School and quickly fell in love. As Gary's sister Linda said, They were friends from a very young age, and and in their mid-teens they uh, started paying particular uh, close attention to each other and fell in love and... If Linda Ann ever dated anybody else, I never knew of it. She she loved Gary, and Gary loved Linda, and it was just a wonderful story. They were just a lovely couple, and they were not ordinary by any means, and our family was very close-knit, and we never had arguments, disputes of any kind. We were just a huge support to one another. The high school sweethearts married in 1969 and Gary trained as an expert electrician in the Air Force whilst Linda taught at a local school. In 1979, the pair began working for General Motors, Gary as an electrician and Linda as a tool and die specialist. When they weren't working, Gary enjoyed building dune buggies and watching NASCAR and Linda loved spending time outdoors, fishing, camping and taking photographs of wildlife. Both Gary and Linda especially loved fly fishing and would often light-heartedly compete with one another to see who could catch the biggest fish, with Gary losing to his wife most of the time. The pair eventually moved to Tecumseh, Oklahoma, where they would settle for the rest of their lives and raise their only child, a daughter named Kathy. On the evening of the 30th of July 2010, just days before they were preparing for their trip, the dogs excitedly yapping and running around at their owner's feet, another couple had just been reunited after a daring prison escape. 
Kathleen May Welch, a 41-year-old woman from Mesa, California, who had, only two months before, been arrested for attempting to smuggle drugs into the medium-security Kingman, Arizona State Prison for her first cousin and fiancé, a 45-year-old inmate named John Charles McCluskey. She parked her brown Chevy Blazer behind a secluded part of the prison's fence. After making sure that the coast was clear, she then threw a pair of bolt cutters and a pair of pliers over the barbed wire fencing. The tools were quickly snatched up by the eagerly awaiting John McCluskey and two other inmates, 42-year-old Tracy Ann Province, who shared a cell with John, and 36-year-old Daniel Kelly Renwick. All three convicts were serving long sentences for very serious and violent offences. John was serving a double 15-year prison sentence for second-degree attempted murder and an assortment of other felonies, while Tracy and Daniel were both serving life sentences for armed robbery and multiple murders. The three prisoners cut a large hole through the chain-link fence, using the tools supplied to them by Caslin, and made a break for it. Fence alarms suddenly sounded throughout the prison, but as the alarms were faulty, often going off randomly at all hours, the prison guards ignored them. On the other side of the breached wire perimeter, John and Caslin embraced each other quickly, before Caslin handed the keys of her Chevy over to double murderer Daniel Renwick who then separated from the group with the getaway vehicle to go on alone. Just two days later, he would be apprehended 670 miles away in Rifle, Colorado, after a brief shootout and car chase when a local sheriff's deputy spotted him driving the wanted brown Chevy Blazer. After Daniel had sped away from the prison, leaving John, Caslin and Tracy behind, Caslin handed the men a couple of handguns she had brought with her and the trio scrambled through eight miles of brush and desert land under a blistering sun towards Interstate 40. At a rest stop, the desperate and exhausted convicts pointed their guns at the first people they came across, a couple of truck drivers who had just pulled an 18-wheeler semi-trailer truck over to the side of the interstate to take a short break. John and Tracy forced the shocked men back into the truck at gunpoint and ordered them to drive to Flagstaff, Arizona. When the trio of criminals reached Flagstaff, they kicked the shaken but unharmed truck drivers out at a deserted rest stop. And then drove the rig to John's ex-wife's house, where another getaway vehicle, an old sedan, was waiting for them. As a statewide manhunt utilising helicopters, dogs and US marshals was getting underway, the three criminals continued their bid for the southern border and for freedom speeding away from Flagstaff in the cramped and sweltering sedan. Gary and Linda always stopped often on their way to Pagosa Springs, Colorado. Driving long distances was fun, but they both wanted to stretch their legs, snap some photographs and let their dogs out to get some fresh air and exercise. The couple also liked to stop overnight to camp in some areas such as Santa Rosa, Lake State Park, where they enjoyed spending a cool evening next to the lake before heading on with their journey the following day. Lake State Park was another important part of the couple's annual tradition. Linda especially loved taking photographs of the natural and peaceful surroundings. The pair would often stop at another few rest areas along Interstate 40 as well. On the 2nd of August, they spontaneously stopped for a bite to eat in Key County. It was here that their journey would take a terrifying turn. John McCluskey, Kathleen Welch and Tracy Province were now exhausted from driving over 1,000 miles in an overheated car without air conditioning. They decided to stop and carjack the first driver of an RV they came across. 
an RV would be roomier and they'd be able to take turns napping in the back. In the unforgiving New Mexico heat, they desperately needed a vehicle with a working AC system. They just needed to find one. They stopped at the first rest stop they came across and waited, guns drawn and ready. Two other RV drivers had only just narrowly escaped by pulling away from the rest stop seconds before the trio arrived, the drivers seemingly unaware of just how lucky they had been. Within moments of Gary and Linda pulling their truck and RV trailer into the isolated rest stop, they were set upon by John, Caslin, and Tracy. Tracy had convinced the others to hang around at the rest stop for a little while longer so he could take a toilet break. The couple had handguns shoved in their faces and were forced back into their truck. Gary was ordered to drive. One can scarcely begin to imagine the terror and shock they must have been feeling as they helplessly complied with them in a desperate hope that they wouldn't be hurt. They were ordered to drive along Interstate 40, and John also told the terrified couple as long as they complied with his wishes, they wouldn't be hurt. They said all they wanted was their truck, cash, and any guns they might have. Gary and Linda, fearing for their lives, complied with John McCluskey, who also promised that once they had driven the fugitives into the New Mexico desert, they would be released unharmed, somewhere close to where they could get help. Tracy Province would later say that it was around this time that he began to have reservations and regrets about kidnapping the couple. He said, all I could do was picture my mum and dad. That's what they did when they retired, was travel around in an RV. And I realised that could have happened to them just as easily as it happened to Mr and Mrs Haas. John McCluskey and Kathleen Welch listened non-stop to news updates about the manhunt on the truck radio and were gleefully satisfied that the media were calling them a modern-day Bonnie and Clyde. They were also dismayed to hear of their co-escapee Renwick's dramatic capture in Rifle, Colorado the previous day. Barely an hour after the carjacking, as the group neared Tucumcari, New Mexico, John McCluskey ordered Gary to pull over at a deserted and lonely rest stop. He told the couple to go and get in the back of the trailer. As Kathleen and Tracy waited outside the vehicle sharing a cigarette, John McCluskey shot Gary and Linda Haas dead at point-blank range, shooting Gary once and his beloved wife of 41 years, Linda, three times. Blood belonging to Gary Haas discovered later in the front of the abandoned truck indicated that he may have tried to put up a fight to save the life of his wife. John McCluskey stood over the slumped and bloodied bodies of the high school sweethearts who had died in each other's arms. He then reportedly turned to Tracy and casually stated that he didn't want any witnesses. The three fugitives then returned to the truck and carried on driving down Interstate 40, listening to the radio and trying to stay one step ahead of the authorities. A few hours later, when they stopped along the highway again, the criminals noticed that blood was leaking heavily from the RV and the decision was made to dump the trailer. They found a quiet and remote area behind an abandoned barn, unhooked the RV and set it alight with Gary and Linda's bodies still inside. As the flames engulfed the trailer that the elderly couple had shared so many happy memories in, the trio of desperate felons sped away to nearby Albuquerque, where they wiped down the truck for fingerprints and dumped it in a parking lot of a busy shopping centre. Two days later, on the 4th of August, a local rancher found the burnt-out trailer and two of the Haas's dogs, Prissy and Roxy. 
The animals were severely sunburnt and dehydrated with serious burns to their paws. Bear, the horse's third dog, was never seen again and his fate as of 2024 still remains a mystery. New Mexico sheriffs soon arrived on scene and discovered the charred remains of Gary and Linda. Their skeletons were so badly burned that an investigator said if you touch them with your hand, they would definitely fall apart. After combing the area for more clues, they found Gary and Linda's daughter, Kathy's contact information, on Prissy's collar and were able to call the family who quickly made their way out to Albuquerque. Kathy was heavily pregnant with Gary and Linda's first grandchild at the time. She later said, even after hearing about the trailer and everything, I was still in denial. I kept thinking I was going to wake up. I was walking around like I was in a dream and that they were going to find them. I want to go home with the whole family, mom and dad, Bear and everybody here. On the same day authorities discovered the destroyed RV, they also located the Haas truck parked askew in a parking lot of the shopping centre a few miles away and the manhunt efforts escalated in and around New Mexico to catch the fugitives before they killed again. U.S. Marshals believe the fugitives murdered Linda and Gary Haas. Here's a picture of them. The Tecumseh couple's bodies were found badly burned in New Mexico. Eyewitness News 5's Mark Opgren has team coverage. And Mark, you just got back from Tecumseh. That's right, Jessica. In fact, I spoke with the family this evening. Now, they are also, too, following intently the news of the manhunt. And they're hopeful they will be caught and caught soon. Law enforcement hunting for the remaining fugitives from Arizona set their sights on northwest Arkansas today. But back in Oklahoma, neighbors of Linda and Gary Haas expressed their sadness for the Tecumseh couple. Very nice people from what I know of them. You know, they kind of kept to themselves. But uh, they've lived out here quite a while and never bothered nobody or anything. Just good people. Gary and Linda didn't have enemies. They were good, intelligent, loving people. And I just don't think anybody ought to get by with a crime like that. And I sure hope Nobody else does. On Tuesday, Linda's brother told us he is praying for those who are trying to find the fugitives. I've already lost my sister and brother-in-law, and there's nothing that can bring them back. But there's no need to lose these guys, and there's no need to lose anybody else. The search has spanned several states, from New Mexico to Wyoming, Montana, and now Arkansas. An Oklahoma representative of the U.S. Marshal Service says cooperation will be the key to catching them. These guys are very, very dangerous, and you know we're going to do everything that we can do to, to get these guys into custody, and, and, and it's a very dangerous situation. Now, that spokesman for the U.S. Marshal Service here in Oklahoma also says in cases like this one, it is extremely important to have cooperation from citizens and also those people who actually know the couple. We're live. Mark Opgren, Eyewitness News 5. After the senseless murders, seemingly deterred by his accomplices' unpredictable and callous behavior or simply fearing for his own safety, Tracy Province made the decision to finally split away from the self-styled Bonnie and Clyde and headed towards Wyoming. He was captured days later on the 9th of August after attending a church service, singing along with the choir and surprisingly mowing the church's front lawn. He was armed with a handgun, but surrendered to authorities without a fight, saying he had only escaped from prison because he didn't want to die behind bars. While the authorities were happy they had caught two of the four fugitives, they stepped up their efforts in the search for John McCluskey and Kathleen Welch, fearing it was only a matter of time before they committed more crimes. The authorities weren't wrong. 
On the 11th of August, John and Kathleen, who had since dyed their hair different colours to avoid detection, burst through the doors of an Arkansas beauty salon named Cut and Curl, brandishing handguns, ordering the petrified owner, Joyce Cook, to give them all of the money in the cash register. Fortunately, no one was hurt on this occasion, and the couple fled the scene of the crime, having tied the owner up and got what they wanted. I was looking at that gun, I just burst out crying before they even left, said the 62-year-old salon owner. However, this small-town crime baffled law enforcement, as it appeared that John McCluskey and Kathleen Welch were strangely circling back to the state of their prison break, Arkansas. A US marshal said they have been unpredictable that whole time. It would make no sense for them to go from Montana to Arkansas and back to Arizona. After two weeks of searching, there's still no sign of convicted felon John McCluskey and Kathleen Welch, the woman who authorities say helped free him and two other inmates from an Arizona prison last month. Two of the escapees are back in custody, and investigators are focusing their search for McCluskey and Welch on western Montana, as well as the border with Canada. They allege the couple and this captured escapee, Tracy Province, are responsible for the killings of this Oklahoma couple. Earlier, police had found their bodies in a burned out travel trailer in eastern New Mexico after a rancher discovered the trailer behind a barn. It's a very isolated place that uh, they would not have gone unless they were coerced. Um, it was just a, a horrible crime scene. Family members of the couple have traveled in the area to retrieve the couple's remains and help police with the investigation. Uh, when we heard that they did have suspects, that was some comfort to us, and we'll be happy when the other two are caught, and they will be caught, without a doubt. On the 19th of August, three weeks after the escape and the killings of Gary and Linda Haas, a forest ranger who was working in the Arizona Sunrise Ski Resort approached what he assumed was an unattended campfire. He then spotted a Nissan Sentra that had been backed up underneath the trees and partly covered with brush. A car parked in such a strange way automatically raised his suspicions, and he quickly reported the vehicle to the local police, who ran the Nissan's number plate through their database. The plate bounced back as a stolen vehicle, and when the police realised the vehicle had been reported stolen from the last known whereabouts of the now infamous couple, they notified the US Marshals immediately. Hours later, at around 7pm, a combined task force of local and national police enforcement agencies swooped in on the campsite, expecting a bloody shootout. They found John McCluskey half asleep in a tent, wearing Gary's John Deere baseball cap, and Kathleen Welch, who was sat on the bonnet of the stolen vehicle at the time, made a grab for the handgun that was tucked into the waistband of her trousers, but was wrestled to the ground by deputies. As he sat by the campfire in handcuffs, surrounded by countless armed police officers, John McCluskey off-handedly admitted to killing Gary and Linda Haas. One of the sergeants on scene said, don't mess with that, it could possibly be the, the murder weapon. Uh, he said, no, the murder weapon's over in the tent. So spontaneous utterances that he had uh, committed those murders. We are learning new information this morning on the arrest of the self-proclaimed modern-day Bonnie and Clyde connected to a Santa Rosa murder. 
We do have a new picture released this morning of John McCluskey. Here it is. He's being held at gunpoint by SWAT team members in Arizona. They also arrested his accomplice, who is also his fiance and cousin. Good morning to you, Marla. John McCluskey and Kathleen Welch went down without a fight. They were actually put in custody of U.S. Marshals, and they were captured without incident. Yeah, Mr. McCluskey also stated that he should have killed the park, uh, excuse me, the forest ranger uh, when he had an opportunity to. Authorities say they received about 700 leads, including from nearly every state in the country. They even continued getting leads after the couple was already in custody. Live in the newsroom, I'm Christina Rana, Eyewitness News 4. The manhunt had been long and exhaustive, but the criminals were finally in the hands of law enforcement, and Gary and Linda's family would see justice for their loved ones. However, in a tragic turn of events, Gary and Linda's only daughter, 35-year-old Kathy, would not see justice for her parents. In March of 2013, three years after losing her mother and father, Kathy was shot dead by her husband as she lay in bed sleeping after he found multiple sexual text messages from another man to her cell phone. Justin Bias, her husband, was sentenced to 40 years in prison for her murder in March 2014. It's heartbreaking to think that Kathy's son will now grow up without his mother and his grandparents. In 2011, Daniel Kelly Renwick, who had split from John, Castlin and Tracy, as soon as he reached the outside of the perimeter fence and wasn't connected to the killings of Gary and Linda in any way, was convicted of the attempted murder of the sheriff's deputies he had shot at during his capture. He received an additional 32 years on top of the time he had already been serving for homicide before his escape. However, the charges for the actual Arizona prison escape were dropped due to budgeting problems and costs. All new this noon, federal prosecutors tell Eyewitness News 4 they are bringing murder charges against three Arizona fugitives. New Mexico's U.S. attorney made this announcement in this last hour. Escapees Tracy Province and John McCluskey, along with McCluskey's fiance and cousin, Cass and Welch, will all be charged with murder. Lawyers for a man accused of killing an Oklahoma couple in New Mexico will use mental health evidence in his defense. John McCluskey faces the death penalty for the murders of Gary and Linda Haas. They were found dead in a burned-out motorhome near Santa Rosa in 2010. McCluskey is scheduled to go on trial here in Albuquerque in July. His lawyers are planning to present testimony from a forensic neuropsychologist. The evidence will include clinical tests that were performed on McCluskey. In custody and facing the death penalty or extremely long sentences, both Tracy Allen Province and Kathleen May Welch turned on John McCluskey and received plea bargains in exchange for testifying against him in federal court. On the 3rd of June 2014, after being named as the shooter by both his fiance and his cellmate, and after a jury deliberation of four days, the killer of Gary and Linda Haas was sentenced to life imprisonment plus 235 years without the chance of parole. John McCluskey narrowly escaped the death penalty after his ill health was successfully demonstrated in court through the testimony of various health experts who said that he was severely sick and may not have been in full control of his actions due to multiple brain traumas he'd suffered throughout his life. Gary's sister Linda told reporters after the proceedings, If it were my decision, 
I wanted the death penalty. John McCluskey was sentenced to life in prison today for kidnapping Linda and Gary Haas at a rest stop back in 2010. He later killed and burned them in their travel trailer. Gary's sister took full advantage of her chance to speak to him today. And so my ending statement was, you are a disgrace to your mother, your family, society, and the human race. And I, I truly believe that. Sandra Morgan, the sister of Linda Haas, says she's been living with a heavy heart. She stood in court today, looked in the eyes of her sister's killer, took a deep breath and said, I forgive you. It's something that I had to do. I had to do for my, myself, not for them. Um, it's for me. Kathleen Welsh, McCluskey's cousin turned lover, is awaiting sentencing for her role. There's a question of whether she'll get 20 or 40 years. Tracy Province was an escapee along for the ride. He was sentenced to life behind bars just yesterday. John McCluskey's cellmate and accomplice, Tracy Allen Province, received five life sentences without the chance of parole. And Kathleen Ann Welch, due to her testimony, received 47 years in a Fort Worth prison. However, in 2015, a further 20 years was added to the sentence due to her part in the Arizona robbery. It is highly likely that both Kathleen Welch and Tracy Province will both die behind bars, just as John McCluskey did in a Colorado state maximum security prison in March of 2017 after complications with multiple diseases and ill health. He was 52 years old. We've learned the family of a couple believed to have been murdered by prison escapees near Santa Rosa has filed a wrongful death lawsuit. The family of Gary and Linda Hawes is suing the Department of Corrections in Arizona and prison operator Management and Training Corporation for $10 million. Officials with the Arizona Department of Corrections say the privately run prison near Kingman had a faulty alarm system and an unstaffed guard post at the time of the July 30th escape. A 20-page review on the prison security was released yesterday. Among the problems, burned out floodlights, weapons that were not properly inventoried, and inmates not wearing their ID badges when out of their cells. In light of this review, more than 100 inmates at the prison are being transferred to more secure locations. The Utah-based company that runs the prison promises to improve security. Gary and Linda Haas shared a love that most people could only dream of, utterly devoted and dedicated to one another. They were finally able to enjoy their retirement after many years of working and they were going to enjoy it doing what they did best, travelling and spending time with one another. Knowing that a trip they were so excited for would ultimately end in tragedy is a devastating thing to think about. The impact of such a brutal case was felt by so many people. It is only right that Gary and Linda are remembered for the love that they shared and the love that they gave to so many people and not by the appalling circumstances surrounding their deaths.